Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Now, Gavin, I really think this can work. You stop shaving your back. We put you in big shoes. No one would ever know. <laughs> the following podcast contains... Hey, so dirty. It's no wonder no one listens to your show, David. It's awful. It's awful. So much cursing and the Schwanz jokes. No one wants to hear that. Shaggy Green never needed to work blue. Neither do you. People will like you for you. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you decided you wanted to experience carnal knowledge of a cryptid, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, August 3rd, 2018, Harry's Huge Henderson edition of the show, where we explore the legends of the Sex Squatch and its influence on American politics. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by the Cryptozoology Society of America, studying imaginary beasts for 25 years. Have you seen a Sasquatch, learned of a lake monster, in charge of a chupacabra? Then you should be part of the Cryptozoology Society of America. The CSA offers a networking and research organization for hunters of creatures which do not exist. We have chapters in every state allowing the delusional and deranged a safe space to gather and discuss fictional beasts and how best to find them. The CSA's annual retreat on Lake Champlain is the premier assembly of pseudoscientific professionals to attend three days of conferences and lectures on a vast array of made-up monsters and drink the night away by tossing explosives into Lake Champlain to force Champy to appear. You knew there was drinking involved. Have you ever thought of the monster beneath your bed as real? Then you are ready for the Cryptozoology Society of America. I'm telling it so that your father won't make the same mistake. Well, I appreciate what you're saying, Dr. Wrightwood, but there's a big difference between your story and mine. Not as big as you think. Maybe even bigger. No, 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 you're kidding yourself. Mm-mm. I remember what you told me when you came into my shop. Bigfoot can come live with us. We'll accept the responsibility. <laughs> Can't you imagine what a Bigfoot would do to your home? <laughs> yeah, well, I can. You're good people. I'm going to say this once. I'm going to say it's simple. And I hope to God, for your sakes, you all listen. There are no abominable snowmen. There are no Sasquatches. There are no big feet. There was a show back in the 1970s that shaped my young life in a deep and profound way. I'm not alone in this. Ask any Gen X adult and they'll wax rhapsodic on the myriad wonders of Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers or even the electric company. We all shared the wonders revealed to us through the caring, intelligent works of people who generally wanted to make children learn and wonder. And it was all delivered to our homes by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the donations of people just like you. But I was a different kind of kid. I wasn't enamored of giant yellow birds or a 
cardigan-wearing, smooth-talker like Fred Rogers? No, sir. I was the kind of kid who was different, and my smooth-talking wonder wore a corduroy jacket. I had littered Nimoy. I had In Search Of. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. From 1977 through 1982, Leonard would explain and provide evidence for various phenomena and mysteries culled from the archives of legends, conspiracy, and even occasionally history. My sister and I were devoted in search of viewers. It was one of the few shows that we ever agreed on watching, and the two of us would sit in front of a huge console television and watch reruns about ancient aliens or ancient aviators or the lost continent of Atlantis, what happened to Amelia Earhart, who built the pyramids or Stonehenge, but our favorite, our favorite was Bigfoot. We loved Bigfoot so much, we would even search for him ourselves whenever we visited our grandparents' house in the mountains. We were positive he was living just up the holler from her tin-roof shack, doing whatever it is Bigfoots did in their spare time. Presumably eat, sleep, leave large footprints, and fuck like only massive hairy man-beasts can possibly fuck. It's kind of cool, but also very disturbing. What can I say? We were precocious children. All right, I guess the part about us searching for evidence of Bigfoot fornication was not part of my childhood. Indeed, I've never given any thought to the issue of Bigfoots or Bigfoot fucking in my entire life. But I guess if one were to demand my position on Bigfoot fucking, I might have something along the lines of... Are you like a crazy person? Because only a crazy person would ask what I thought about an utterly imaginary preacher's reproductive habits. But this is 2018, and insanity is now the norm, so apparently I need to formulate a position on Bigfoot fucking. The world is taking a turn for the surreal. Everything does today, my friends, and my journey into Bigfoot erotica, well, it uh, started with a kiss. How how did it end up like this? I regret nothing playing that. No, no, actually, it didn't start with a kiss. It started with a tweet. Then That tweet only felt like a kiss. Virginia 5th District Democratic Congressional Candidate Leslie Cockburn, oh, yes, I know, it gets so much better after this, tweeted last Sunday that her GOP opponent named, and I swear, I'm not making this up, Denver Riggleman. You've got to be shitting me. You think I'm shitting you? Oh, I so wish I was because things are not even close to being weird yet. Her tweet read, quote, My opponent, Denver Riggleman, running mate of Corey Stewart, was caught on camera campaigning with a white supremacist. Now he has been exposed as a devotee of Bigfoot erotica. This is not what we need on Capitol Hill, unquote. We done here? No, we are not done here. Because Leslie Cockburn included images from Denver Riggleman's Instagram feed of, yes, 
of course, a ripped-ass Bigfoot with his enormous Harry Henderson covered by a sensor bar. And nobody can get any worse than this. Oh, contraire, I can, and indeed I will, because Cockburn also posted another image from Riggleman's Instagram feed showing his face crudely photoshopped on a similarly well-endowed but tastefully censored Bigfoot because, sure, why not? Riggleman, for his part, says this whole thing is nothing but a long-running joke by his military friends, which, as a veteran... I can say is entirely plausible. But one should also note a couple of other things about Denver Riggleman. That first, he is the co-author of not one, but two books on Bigfoots. The first, a self-published book titled, again, I'm not making this up, The Mating Habits of Bigfoot. And this is from the Charlottesville Daily Progress, the local newspaper, quote, Riggleman co-authored at least one book about the furry deciduous cryptid with Don Barone titled Bigfoot Exterminators, Inc., the partially cautionary, mostly true tale of a monster hunt 2006. According to the source close to Riggleman, he wrote the book about two people around looking for Bigfoot. The source described the book as assuredly not Bigfoot erotica, unquote. And second, second thing about Riggleman, which is actually not funny at all, is he's definitely friends with some actual monsters of the Confederate flag wagon white supremacist variety who are very real and far more dangerous than any horned up cryptid could ever be. Riggleman has appeared with Virginia Senate candidate Corey Stewart, who unabashedly supports the alt-right and neo-Federic positions. And Riggleman also appeared with the douchebag who organized the Unite the Right, Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville last year, which resulted in an actual subhuman murdering a woman when he drove his car into a crowd of counter-protesters. So any beliefs in large hairy humanoids roaming around the woods looking for willing partners to bone is kind of irrelevant when put into context with all the horrible shit Den Denver Riggleman actually does believe unequivocally. In fact, a lot of people say the Bigfoot thing is actually obscuring that he's an awful fucking human being. And this is probably true. It's definitely true. But tonight, tonight, you know I'm going to fucking focus on this Bigfoot thing, right? Of course you are. There's a thing on the internet, and it's called Rule 34. Rule 34, simply put, is if it exists, there is porn of it. Let me expound on this rule. Is Let me put it this way. If you can imagine it, someone else has not only, has not only imagined it, they've imagined fucking it. And they've also made a story, an image or a movie of them or someone else fucking the thing that you've imagined. Rule 34 applies to everything, no matter how pure or how innocent. If you doubt me, I'm going to suggest this right now. Imagine, let's, let's do the Ghostbusters test, all right? Imagine the one thing you simply cannot conceive of being incorporated into pornography. Now, take that thing that you've imagined. Open up your browser, go to the Google machine, and type it in plus porn. Go ahead. I'll wait. All back? Have you stopped crying yet?
If you need a minute to stop crying or maybe go rinse your mouth out after you've vomited a couple of times, I'll understand. Just pause the podcast and go and do what you need to do. By the way, the Daily Dot published an article in March of last year titled 34 Surprising Exceptions to Rule 34, which listed, naturally, 34 things the author could not find porn of. The author foolishly excluded fanfic, which is very much a part of Rule 34, and anyone who tells you different has written some fucked up fanfic they don't want you to read. The article is clearly outdated since I have written, produced, and published a Turner and Hooch short film where Tuner and Turner and Hooch discover the love that dare not speak its slobbery name one night on a stakeout. I commend you as lurid and very disturbing contents. But this Bigfoot thing, it predates the modern internet by decades. From a Rolling Stone article titled Appropriate Love, yes, Bigfoot erotica is absolutely a thing. Quote, tawdry tales of Sasquatch sex have been around for a long time. Online, in print, and in an old-fashioned porn. Take, for example, the 1977 erotic paperback titled Nights with Sasquatch and explosive ordeal of rape and revenge written by John Coulter with Judith Frankel or the 1981 short film The Geek about a group of hitchhikers who have an unexpected and sexy encounter with a Bigfoot, unquote. With the advent of the internet, sex squatching, which is a thing I have coined as a word for the act of fucking a Bigfoot, and let me be clear on this, Google returned no search results for sex squatching. And I have also, as of this writing, tweeted and posted this term publicly out there on social media. So don't even think of trying to claim it as your own. Why would I want to do this? Because you can. I don't know. Never mind. As I said, with the advent of the internet, sex squatching has become something of a niche genre, which according to the same Rolling Stone article is a lucrative niche genre. Quote, author Virginia Wade was inspired to write her 16 installment series, Come for Bigfoot, after noticing that the ultimate alpha male, as she described it, suit hunk had yet to be fully explored in erotic writing, despite the popularity of cryptozoological porn, which features sex with mythical creatures like leprechauns and minotaurs. Quote, he smelled of animal hide, which was heady and pungent. Then he touched my face with the pads of his black fingers, unquote. Wade writes in one sex scene from the series, which according to the Daily Beast, at one point in time, earned her approximately $30,000 a month through Kindle Direct Publishing. Wade isn't the only Bigfoot erotica writer. There's the adorable, adorably named Anne L. Probe, author of Big Boffing Bigfoot, Candy Banger, who proved squat, soft squats swings both ways with Bigfoot's gay, and Robin Blackford's writer of Bigfoot did me from behind, and I liked it, just to name a few, unquote. Noted author and internet personality Chuck Tingle publicly advocated against sex squat shaming in a tweet saying, quote, Dear at Leslie Cockburn, Please stick to discussing an opponent's scoundrel character. There is plenty wrong with Denver Wiggleman, but there is nothing wrong with getting hard for Bigfoot or having other preferred pound that may seem unique. Please prove love and reconsider the way, unquote. 
the prolific Tingle has also released one of his Tinglers, his name for the short erotic fictions he is justly famous for, which is titled, quote, Don't Vote for Virginia Congressional Hopeful Denver Wiggleman because he is full of hate, not because Bigfoot makes him a hard unquote, which is about, and this, this is from the book's actual Amazon description, quote, this erotic tale is 4,000 words of sizzling human on handsome Bigfoot action, including anal blowjobs, facials, rough sex, and Sasquatch love, unquote. <laughs> oh, God, I love this country. Naturally, your intrepid podcast host has some questions about how exactly sex squatching works. And I suppose my first question is about consent, as it should be whenever adults or even middle-aged man-children discuss sex. Can a Bigfoot consent to sex? It's a tricky question, as one needs to decide whether or not a Bigfoot is an animal or a sentient being in and of itself. In a country where we seem to have tremendous difficulty with the idea that actual human women are sentient beings in and of themselves, wrestling with the sentience and consent of an imaginary cryptid seems to me to be doubly complicated. So what I did was I queried the Google machine on the, in on the issue of Bigfoot sentience, and according to the website, TomSquatch.com, quote, the Sasquatch are nothing less than the super sentient, super sophisticated beings that we would have become if we had not taken the other fork in the road towards technology, materialism, resource extraction, and industrialization, unquote. So based on this unimpeachable source, based on TomSquatch.com alone, I will say that yes, a Bigfoot can consent to sex with a human being. Next... Assuming you as a human also consent to sex squatching. And this is another loaded topic. Is some of the Bigfoot erotica criticism I read? Yes, of course. There is Bigfoot erotica criticism. That is what. Dude, that's what the internet is. Many of the stories, particularly the early stories, are considered, quote, kind of rapey, unquote. I'm just going to move past it. I, 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 you can't fixate on that. So in a consensual context, what would fucking a Bigfoot conceivably be like? From a Huffington Post article titled, What's Bigfoot's Dick Like? And other questions inspired by Denver Riggleman, quote, As for the fantasies themselves, there seem to be two diverging categories of Bigfoot-centric narratives. In one... Constance Penley, a professor of film and media studies at the University of California, Santa Barbara, explained, Bigfoot is a relatively gentle beast who just wants to go his own way and be left alone, or in the erotic versions, will fuck you if you really wanted to. And on the other side, the uh, kind of rapey side, he is the big strong man who is led by his desire, ultra-masculine ultra virile he doesn't have any of the cultural handicaps that modern men do he's not vain he's not going to hold back he's going to be very passionate unquote the article also addresses the sex squatching things appeal to a certain kind of person saying quote this 
caveman-esque brand of masculinity harkens back to the uber-traditional roles for which Republicans like Riggleman might yearn amid contemporary conversations about the importance of caution and consent. Bigfoot represents a return to the idea of sex as something men pursue and women reject until they're so powerless they can't, unquote. Please make us stop. So we can safely conclude that fucking a Bigfoot is just like fucking a human. Whatever you want it to be like, except with far more hair. So I guess in that sense, it's probably a lot like fucking a very tall Ron Jeremy. This is also making some very large assumptions about the size of a Squatch cock. <laughs> what about this mythical member? Now, the drawings from Riggleman's Instagram... Also, dude, take some advice from the youngs and get yourself a Finsta or a Rinsta. I don't know what the fuck things are, but get yourself a fake account. But still, about the Bigfoot cock, Riggleman portrayed it as a huge member, as does most Bigfoot erotica, because why wouldn't you want to? No one wants to be ravaged by a big, hairy dude with a tiny schlong. If that's something you're into, I can just introduce you to Gavin. What the fuck are you talking about, Dave? We've all heard the stories, Gavin. All of us. I can't help but wonder if the reality of the abominable snow dicks isn't actually quite different. If, as most assume the Bigfoot is closely related to us humans, would not the same sort of size variation exist? I mean, why do people automatically assume that every Bigfoot is hung like John Holmes when it's equally possible he's hung like John Smith, just an average guy with an average dick? It's also quite possible that Bigfoots are closer to our ape relatives, who are not at all well endowed. Have you ever seen a gorilla's dick? Why, why would you want to, Chuck? Why? Just... Curiosity, I mean, no reason, or like you're researching a podcast script. So let's just say, hypothetically, that I had Googled a gorilla dick, and speculatively speaking, they were entirely unimpressive, like chimp cocks, which are also pathetically small. <laughs> so, so I've been told, and right now, you're probably pondering whether or not to Google chimp cocks to see if I'm just making shit up. So I urge you, go ahead. Google the term chimp cock and see the kind of targeted advertising you get after that. You'll clear your browser cache really fucking fast. Trust me. Then there is, of course, the issue of protection. But did you use protection? Of course. I had my 9mm automatic. I mean, do you really need protection when fucking a Bigfoot? I would think that you would. Aside from the reproductive issues, which I will address in full momentarily, there's the whole question of zoonotic diseases. Can you handle the kind of risk of not just cryptid to human, but human to cryptid? Do you want to be the person who gives the Bigfoot the clap? No, you don't. You don't want to be that person. And how awkward did that fucking conversation be? Oh, hey, Bigfoot. Hey, you know, sorry to call like this just out of the blue. Uh, I mean, I meant to text after we hooked up, but, uh, you know, it, it was just a one night thing. And I, I didn't want to appear like clingy or anything. So, uh, anyway... I happened to be at my doctor's the other day, and, uh, you know, the, there was this thing, and I guess, I guess, long story short, you should get yourself checked out, okay? Great. Okay. Call me. Click. 
No one wants that conversation. And since Bigfoot probably don't fucking carry cell phones, I don't know what you'd have to do. Maybe drum it out on a log or something. Also, so much of this ridiculous conversation is aimed at male Bigfoot to female human. And frankly, that's just sexist on his face. It just assumes that women are pining for a huge hairy hog leg from a fictional creature. But surely there must be female Bigfoots out there looking for some hairless monkey love. Next, there's this whole human Bigfoot reproduction thing. Is such a thing even possible? Are the woods filled with hybrid children of Bigfoot liaisons? I'm assuming Bigfoots are able to conceive of human hybrids, of course, as we don't see a lot of them in our day-to-day lives. But, you know, this may change. According to a 2015 article from the website Dread Central, which had it from the website Moron.com, which I am sure is an entirely reputable and not at all fake source of news, not only is such a thing possible, but one woman is actively pursuing just such an outcome. Quote, a marijuana farmer by the name of Nancy Hoggart was tending her crops in Belfair, Washington, when she discovered a Bigfoot was snacking on her precious buds. Nancy Hoggart allegedly told the website Bigfoot Tracker News, I pointed my shotgun at him, and he put up his hands scared. That's when I looked down and noticed he had a huge erection between his legs. I hadn't gotten any in a while, and, well... From there, it somehow turned into an adult movie. I don't know if he started it or I did. He he did me from behind, which felt great. Once, she goes on to say, once I'm pregnant, Bigfoot, or John, as I call him, are going to settle down and live in a quiet, domesticated life in my house. He loves living in the forest, but I'm sick of a long-distance relationship. I have to commute for three hours to be with my man. It's getting old, and gas is expensive, unquote. Oh, that's quite a story. Yes. Yes, yes, it is. But you know what? I hope it happens to happen. I hope, I, because for all we know, Nancy Bigfoot, because she said later in the article, she would take his last name. They may be happily married, raising little Bigfoot babies right now in the verdant pot fields of Washington state. And I think, I think that's a good thing because, and I seriously think we need to figure out, and this is my last big question, the legal status of human Bigfoot relationships. Can you marry a Bigfoot? I mean, how hard was it to get Americans to accept the idea that two humans of the same sex have the same legal rights as anyone else? Now imagine the difficulty of getting conservatives to accept human cryptid love. There's something horrible roaming these woods. There is? Why, that's my husband! His name isn't Bigfoot. His name is Homer. This is probably why we don't see human Bigfoot babies all around us. They're hiding them in the progressive blue state forest of the Pacific Northwest. And I, for one, say this has to stop because love is love. Whether it's between two human beings of the same gender or a human and a large mythical beast that only exists in the fevered imaginations of some dudes who drank entirely too many cheap American beers and saw a bear while pissing behind a pine tree. And I know right now this is where you expect me to stop. 
all this silliness and conclude this podcast with some pithy yet witty observation on the phenomena of Bigfoot fucking. Maybe I'll draw an analogy about magical thinking and how humping Harry Henderson is just like believing in Donald Trump. Then he's some sort of secret genius who'll save America from the Satanist pedophile conspiracy of the deep state. Or perhaps I will commence a heartfelt yet vitriolic rant on the stupidity of Americans who now were willing to chase the most sensational elements of a story and forget the real ramifications of those salacious details and what they're hiding, like how the Russians probably do have some very dirty shit on our president that has nothing to do with pissing, pissing prostitutes, but we're so get busy giggling about the pissing part, we miss the clear and present dangers of the Russian having said dirt. Or maybe you think I will de just deliver a thundering dissertation on the utter non-existence of an eight to nine foot tall humanoid creature existing on the fringes of our society with no remotely credible evidence to support it being real and how in a world where everyone has a goddamn camera in their pocket no one has provided anything better than some grainy ass blurry footage of a dude in a monkey suit doing a monty python silly walk through the forest but no no pod friends just this once i will not close the show with such negativity and rage I will simply say that in three years of doing this dumb show, and of all the very silly things I've discussed over those years, nothing has given me more joy than researching this topic, because I have giggled myself silly writing this episode, and that kind of pleasure is rare and beautiful, rare and beautiful like the love that inspires a human being and a Bigfoot to find one another in a marijuana field. And fuck like animals. And from that dirty, dirty, hot, nasty fucking, maybe, just maybe, find love. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. It is so rare that I have a script in the can by Wednesday, but let me tell you, I wrote this week's show straight through from 9 to 1 p.m. with only a brief lunch break and to answer a couple of phone calls because as I write this script and at my day job, it has to at least appear like I'm doing the work they pay me for. Trust me, if they found out how little I'll actually do, I'd be living out in the woods sex-squatching right now. Hey, speaking of very little work... He asks you to rate and review this show wherever you get your podcast because our ratings are as elusive as the mighty Bigfoot. And we strongly suspect that most of you listening to this show feel about letting people know <laughs> that you listen to the show the way that a reasonable person would feel about fucking a Bigfoot. We don't talk about it. So the best way to not be ashamed is to get other people to share your same, whether that's about sex watching or I'm going to make that fetch happen, I swear to God, or listen to this dumb show. All of my cryptid and cryptic thoughts about things are on the, twi on the Twitter machine at the hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. You can find all the rare and elusive beasts we've discussed over the years at the show name on SoundCloud or at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave... Mothman Bledsoe, producer New Jersey Devil Gavin, and all the fictional Loch Ness monsters on the show, we want to say, well now, we call this the act of mating. But there are several other important differences between human beings and animals that you should know about. We'll see you all next week. Sing.
Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.